This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 160, Why Work with a Bank on Yourself Professional, Part 2. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. So glad to have you with me this week. I get a lot of questions, and oftentimes these questions are the seed thought for an upcoming episode, and this is one of them. One of the questions I hear quite often from folks is, hey, Mark, where did the Bank on Yourself name and the professional idea, Bank on Yourself Professionals, where did that idea come from? Where did all this get started? So I thought I'd take a few minutes to talk through that history and then talk about some important Oh, important pieces to the puzzle as things have evolved in our marketplace in the last few years. So where did the Bank on Yourself professional designation come from? Why did this get started? Now, years ago, a forester turned pilot, turned life insurance agent, turned real estate investor, Nelson Nash, who is uh, aka the OG, aka the most interesting man in the world. Nelson Nash stumbled across a strategy that totally changed his life. Nelson went on to speak around the country thousands of times, introducing America to what he informally referred to as the infinite banking concept. This was the strategy of using whole life insurance to pay for all of one's purchases, major purchases, and even a way to pay off debts. Nelson was an evangelist in this concept. There's no other way to put it. It's what he talked about all day long. He was truly an evangelist. However, he was not a pastor. He did not pastor or shepherd the concept, is what I mean. He didn't protect the meaning of the words, infinite banking concept. That just wasn't his calling. You know, his job on planet Earth was to get the message of infinite banking out there to as many people as possible. Now, the unintended consequence has been, now, decades later, that there are many knockoff advisors using the phrase infinite banking concept and many other phrases to mean really anything they want it to mean. I've seen infinite banking concept and IBC used with fee-laden life insurance, variable stock market-based products, even home equity lines of credit used at a normal bank. And they're talking about it like it's the infinite banking concept. Not at all. Not until very recently was the infinite banking concept trademarked or was there any sort of copyright to protect the meaning. And many of our Great listeners probably know the words Xerox or Kleenex. You know, if there's no protection around words, the wording itself can be lost. Infinite banking advisors, true to Nelson's legacy, have really tried to correct this problem in the last few years. But unfortunately, I feel like the horse has already left the barn. If you just search infinite banking on YouTube or Google, you'll see what I'm talking about. Now, somewhere along the way, Nelson Nash met Pamela Yellen. Pamela was speaking and consulting with financial professionals as a consultant back in the day. And Nelson walks up to Pamela and hands her a copy of his book, Becoming Your Own Banker. She read it. Immediately, she got hooked on the concept and began looking for an advisor who could help set her up with a policy, as Nelson describes in his book. At that time, there was no bank on yourself professional training program, so she just went with the insurance agent who said she could do that for Pamela. 
But just as I mentioned, even back in the day, back in the 90s, Pamela was already going to experience, unfortunately, a knockoff advisor who's come to haunt so many other people ever since. Pamela even mentions this in her book, The Bank on Yourself Revolution, back on page 247. She says, quote, The advisor who set up our first two policies swore up and down that he knew everything there is to know about how to structure a policy properly. Turns out, he didn't. Unfortunately, about a year later, we got a notice that the policies had turned into modified endowment contracts, which means they lose a key tax advantage. I spent more than 40 hours on the phone with the insurance company trying to figure out how to fix it. When I spoke with one of the company's top executives, she told me she wished the advisors had never heard of the infinite banking concept because they had no clue how to structure them properly. Even though the advisors were convinced that they could, it was causing much of the bulk of the complaints the insurance company was getting. During those early years learning about and implementing the concept, I referred my sister to a whole different advisor who said he knew how to set up the policy properly. We found out several years later he didn't know what he was doing, and her policy had grown much more slowly than it could have, forcing her to postpone her plan for retirement for several years. My frustration led me to realize the need for a program to identify and train advisors properly so that no one would ever again have to go through what my sister and I did. Finding an advisor who could design and implement a bank-on-yourself type policy properly was so frustrating. I met with people all over the United States and Canada asking me if I could refer them to an advisor who truly understands the ins and outs of the bank-on-yourself method, and that led to the creation of the Bank-on-Yourself Professionals Program. End quote. So, Pamela has since created and been comprehensive in her protection of the language, bank on yourself. That's a trademarked phrase. That phrase is meant to be exactly as she describes it in the Bank on Yourself Revolution, her best-selling book on New York Times. Now, when you have a bank on yourself type policy, you just kind of know what you're getting. You know, she's trademarked and protected the language around bank on yourself as a concept. She's also created a fully-fledged, credentialed designation that she designed and developed with others over the years. Pamela and her team regularly scour the internet for anybody who's misusing or misrepresenting the language bank on yourself to the general public. So that bank on yourself term means exactly what she wants it to mean. That's the goal of copyright in the first place. She treats that trademark seriously, and quite honestly, I like that. I mean, in the financial universe, words cannot just mean anything you want them to mean. Words like protected, guaranteed, secure, tax-free, these are all words that matter. And if you misuse the words as a financial professional, you can lose your license or even be thrown in jail. So beware of untrained financial representatives. You may be tempted to discuss this with a financial representative who you know or you've worked with in the past, and you might even ask them, hey, can you help me implement bank on yourself? Of course, the agent might mean well, but we've seen over and over again that most people don't know what they don't know. That's why if you talk to a financial rep or an insurance person who's not totally investigated in this concept, if they're not truly trained in this, or if they're not properly familiar with how to structure the policy, my experience has been that they likely are going to reply in a few ways. Here's a few ways. Number one, they're going to say, quote, you should never buy that kind of life insurance, end quote. Many insurance agents receive little or no training on dividend-paying life insurance policies, and especially investment advisors. 
They simply don't understand the riders, how to supercharge the growth of the policy. These riders really give you what grows your cash significantly faster than a traditionally designed whole life policy. Most agents get their training from oh-so-average places, where Susie Orman, Dave Ramsey, and 99.9 of all other financial professionals get their education. But we're not average on this podcast. We don't want to be average. We want to be awesome. Most people, most financial advisors, don't have a clue on how these policies are different than traditional whole life. As we've explained in previous episodes, most industry training programs don't cover this topic at all, partly because there's so few companies out there in the financial universe that offer bank-on-yourself type whole life insurance. Number two response that we get from oh-so-average advisors is, quote, it's a good idea, but I can do better. Hey, let me show you this. Then they go on and say, hey, you should do something besides whole life insurance. Let's look at indexed universal life or variable universal life. Guys, don't buy it. Run. No other life insurance product comes with as many guarantees as dividend-paying whole life insurance. It's the only kind that's recommended for the bank-on-yourself strategy. Also, many agents might steer you toward a different product because they are captive, which means they are restricted in only using financial products available at their own company that they're an employee of. If they have a captive one-company relationship, you're not going to see a bank-on-yourself-designed policy. You're going to see that particular company's version of bank on yourself. Okay, number three response I hear, quote, it sounds too good to be true. And I can totally resonate with that. It absolutely sounds amazing. But bank on yourself is based on an asset class that's increased in value every single year for more than 160 years. It's dividend paying whole life insurance contracts. Even when stocks, real estates, or other investments tumble, famous people like Walt Disney, JCPenney, have all used this time-tested method, has of hundreds of thousands of people, average Joes all across the country of all ages, incomes. Go back and listen to episode 66 for more on the secret life of life insurance and our country's history. Bank on yourself is definitely not a magic pill. You're not going to get all these results overnight. However, if you've got some patience, some discipline, it can soon turn your financial life around, give you some peace of mind for a lifetime. The fourth response I get from advisors, oh-so-average advisors is, oh, oh yeah, I can help you with that. Now, think about this one for a minute. That sounds great and good, but if he could have helped or if she could have helped you with this concept, the bank on yourself concept, why are you bringing it to them? Think about that for a minute. If you know more about the bank on yourself concept than your advisor does, the advisor that you're asking to help you set up that policy, should that not concern you? If you're laying there on the operating table telling the surgeon where to put the scalpel as he's putting you under, wouldn't that concern you? As we've talked about before, most financial reps don't know what they don't know. So buyer beware. And if your financial rep tells you that he or she already understands all the important details necessary to help you implement and benefit from bank on yourself, you may want to ask him or her, hey, If you could have done this for me already, why didn't you? So I get it, guys. I get it. Business owners, including life insurance agents, need a clear and compelling idea to attract new clients. And they need slick marketing catchphrases as their calling card. It's what gets eyeballs on YouTube, etc. I get all of that. However, 
There are already too many knockoff advisors with their own phrases and concept names that are non-compliant and doing things that are reckless with people's finances. Many of them have even lost their license over the years, only to have them pop up years later under a different name with a different marketing scheme. Now, I've thought long and hard about whether or not to even do this podcast. And even with my Midwestern kind disposition, (laughs) I feel like it would be a disservice to you, my not-so-average audience, if I didn't specifically call out names of some advisors and marketing programs that are doing things that are reckless with people's money and the concept of bank on yourself. I wish no ill will on anybody. I have no intention to have a mean spirit here. This is simply an attempt to clarify what's being said in the marketplace in order to point people back to the only true credentialed program in this part of the financial universe, the Bank on Yourself Professionals Program. Now, I cannot go over every single one of the concerns I have as I reviewed the landscape of Just Googled It advisors, touting something similar to Bank on Yourself. But here's a few of them that I came up with in my research for this episode. Here's I'm going to chunk these out into different groups. The first group are the infinite banking concept disciples. So these could be private banking system, the family banking concept, circle of wealth, what would the Rockefellers do, perpetual wealth strategy. All of these, and many like them, stemmed from Nelson Nash, who coined the phrase, the infinite banking concept. And while we, all of us advisors that are in this field, we all owe our career, our gratitude, really, to Nelson and his insights, We have to say thank you to Nelson for what he got right about the concept. Go back and listen to episode 95 and 96 as our tribute to Nelson Nash. There are a few items that his book and his training got wrong, and unfortunately, many of his disciples' sense have gotten wrong that have caused a lot of confusion among the general public. Here's the first. Number one, his first book, Becoming Your Own Banker, was copyrighted in 2000. Now, since then, there have been a number of editions of the book— However, his changes have only been made to the introduction and the ending, but nothing was changed about the middle portion, which includes all of the numbers and illustrations, and as a result, they're all woefully out of date. Now, Nelson said it was never about rate of return. It was always about a concept, and I agree with that. However, if you live by the numbers on the pages in that book, you're going to die by the numbers on the pages in that book. Whole life insurance policy dividends were way higher in 2000 than they are this year as of 2020. Dividends historically are going to follow the path of interest rates, which were way higher 20 plus years ago. Many insurance agents still use Nelson's book as their Bible and point to the charts and the graphs to give misleading representations of how much cash you could have in your policy and with very little premium. With higher interest rates from two decades ago, think about it. That was before 9-11. That was before the 2008 crash. Just peruse a few YouTube videos posted over the last last year, and you'll see Nelson's outdated misleading charts still showing up on YouTube videos today. Now, it may not have been about the numbers for Nelson, and I agree it's not about rate of return, but it is certainly about the numbers for a lot of insurance agents who are selling off of those charts and graphs. Number two problem I have with groups like we mentioned here, it is illegal in many states to refer to a life insurance policy as a bank, quote, bank, or to, quote, become your own banker. Anytime you're researching a topic, you want to make sure that the information you're getting is honest, correct, and legal. 
You might find it to be totally ridiculous to be constrained by regulations on our vocabulary. That seems almost like Big Brother, right? But terminology can and has gotten a lot of insurance agents into big trouble. That's why I personally refer to this concept as the bank on yourself concept, and I'm very careful to be compliant with how I talk about it to keep in in line with laws and regulations. So that's a big problem I have. Many people thinking and talking about this as as a bank, which it is not. Number three, for many years, Nelson Nash did not defend his trademarks, and as a result, there are many imitators, copycats trading on his terms. Some are not good stewards of the concept, infinite banking concept. Some are, but many are not, unfortunately. That's going to lead a lot of people to think that they're implementing Nelson Nash's ideas when in fact they're getting some kind of knockoff version. Again, in my opinion, the problem is not Nelson. The problem is not any of the great things he said in his book or any of the things he did over his lifetime. He's a founding father among us nerds. So I'm always going to look up to him, and I remember the days he held my little daughter in his arms. However, this unintended consequence of leaving things too open for folks can really become a problem in the wild. Remember, a plant needs a trellis to hold the plant together. Otherwise, it grows wild and doesn't bear as much fruit. So similarly, too much restriction can kill the plant. But if you leave the tomato plant to grow up that trellis on its own, It'll be so healthy, it'll produce so much fruit. You need a nice, strong trellis to accompany your nice, strong plant. So that is infinite banking and its disciples. The second group of marketers out there would be groups referring to this as the 501k, President's Secret Account, the 770 Account, and so many more. It goes by a ton of names, the Income Book of Secrets, the President's Secret Account, the Invisible Account, Income for Life, 702J Retirement Plan, President Ronald Reagan Account. You might wonder, why in the world is this written up with so many names? So I'll tell you in just a minute. What is a 770 account? There's so much mystery in the internet around this concept. The 770 account is simply a supercharged, dividend-paying whole life insurance policy that grows cash value much faster than traditional whole life does. 770 accounts also enjoy tax advantages spelled out in IRS section 772. So the 770 account gets its name from that section of the tax code. And that is all true. Now, the 770 account is referred to by the Palm Beach letter, which uses 770 and all the other nicknames I just listed to create what? To create mystery. So I can totally appreciate that they're using dividend-paying whole life insurance, building up cash value. They got that part right. So why is it necessary for the Palm Beach letter to create all this mystery, all this hubbub? The publication is subscription-based. That should give you a clue. While you can learn everything you could ever need to know about Bank on Yourself right here on this podcast for free, or of course at bankonyourself.com, the Palm Beach letter wants you to pay to get all the details. The moment you subscribe to Palm Beach Letters, you're going to be barraged with daily emails urging you to subscribe to their investment advisory services. Some of these are costing five grand or more. So there are a few issues I take with Palm Beach. One is they're charging you money for something that could be just free. But let's talk about their other issues that they talk about when they describe their, quote, 770 account or whatever they want to call it this week. Number one, they talk about the asset that this concept is based on, which is, again, supercharged, dividend-paying, whole-life insurance, as having, quote, 
4% guaranteed returns, end quote. That's a little misleading. Now, yes, your cash value does grow by a guaranteed annual amount, and that growth gets better every year you have the policy. But let's be clear, that's not the same as a 4% annual guaranteed return. There's some confusion at Palm Beach. Probably it stems from what the contract itself says. There's a similar statement in most whole life contracts saying something like, quote, interest rate for basis of values, 4%, end quote. Now, that is a very vague statement. And according to my research, our sources, some of whom are among the most knowledgeable in the industry, these values in the contract that they're talking about are a part of a complex formula. 4% is the interest rate used to calculate the present value of all future benefits, not an interest crediting rate. So what does that mean in plain English? It's not the same thing as some CD getting a 4% interest rate of return or a savings account getting 4%. But Palm Beach really misleads people by writing that you can somehow expect to get 4% guaranteed returns. Really, I've seen whole life policies in some cases get less than 4%. In other cases, it might get quite a bit more. Number two issue I have with this group is that they have some several different webinars describing the 770 account. Palm Beach, one of the presenters on these webinars reported that with one of his policies, he's putting in 2700 bucks per year into the policy that will, quote, grow to be worth $980,000 when he has funded it for 42 years with a total premium paid of 113000 bucks. Now that has my attention. There's no way any of my policies are going to grow that fast. So we had to take a closer look at this. And to really duplicate those results, the only way we could do it is to add the cash value and the death benefit together by age 80. Now, that's very misleading to, tr- to tell somebody you could put in 2700 bucks and it grows to be worth $980,000. That's just taking people down a road you don't want to go down. That's very misleading. Number three Beware, one of the top recommended experts wrote a book advising readers to take retirement income from the plan from one of these 770 accounts in a way that could result in your policy lapsing and you getting hit with a big tax bill. A bank and yourself professional is never going to give you advice like that. They're going to undergo rigorous training, testing your policy to make sure that the policy is built to last your entire life. So that is the 770 account and its similar ilk. Let's talk next about wealth beyond Wall Street. Now, this is a phrase that I love. I love the idea, wealth beyond Wall Street. I totally get that. And the promise of wealth beyond Wall Street is very enticing. Using an index strategy to share in the upside of the stock market with no downside risk. You're also going to hear the strategy under names uh, that are similar. Before Wealth Beyond Wall Street, they called it Safe Money Millionaire. They call it the 101 plan. It turns out the product that they use to participate in the upside of the market with no downside risk is plain and simple indexed universal life. And they're going to try to convince you that it's the best financial vehicle ever invented. However, look at their actual illustrations and contracts, and the devil is in the details. You're going to find there are numerous warnings, disclaimers, over 50 pages worth of disclosures in some cases. And of course, the client has to sign on every page that they understand all of what they're putting their money into. A typical Index Universal Life illustration from one of the biggest companies out there selling this product, I found more than 
65 warnings and disclaimers. In a full illustration, you'll see several scenarios where your cash value literally goes to zero, disappearing. And this is not overlooked by top regulators. New York State's top financial watchdog launched an investigation into the sales practices used by both insurance companies and insurance agents who promote Index Universal Life because they were, quote, deeply concerned that the illustrations consumers were being shown were, quote, wildly inaccurate. Of course, if you haven't already heard it, we did a full deep dive into Index Universal Life and how it doesn't meet our requirements for Bank on Yourself. Go check out episodes 59 through 61. And you can also see our most recent episode for more on the risks of Index Universal Life. And even the Wall Street Journal recently reported on IUL problems. The New York State has investigated sales practices, resulting in lawsuits coming to light as people sue insurance companies and agents for overly rosy projections. So see the IUL increasing costs table I've included in the show notes from one of the insurance companies I have a contract with. Again, we are fully contracted to do Index Universal Life. I just choose not to for good reason. Let's take a look at this. Because I've got this access, I'd like to show it with all of you. Try to make things as transparent as possible. This spreadsheet included in the show notes, you're going to see a male age 30, the cost of insurance per 1000 bucks is only 12 cents per month. Not too bad. However, read down that chart and you'll notice that 30-year-old becomes a 31-year-old, go figure. <laughs> every year, they're getting a year older. And that insurance cost increases every year as well. By the time his age 70 rolls around, that same $1,000 of death benefit has increased to $3.12 per month and it balloons quickly to $5.33 monthly in just five more years at age 75. It keeps rolling every single year. The older you get, the more expensive this policy is to maintain. All this has the devastating effect of either causing you to fork over tons more cash in retirement to keep the policy going, something that most people, of course, don't want to do, or it forces you to liquidate your cash value and spend that money down just to keep your policy alive rather than keeping your pantry full in retirement. Look at the guaranteed ledgers of an IUL, Index Universal Life, and due to those increasing costs, you're going to see money running out, lapsing when you start taking income, or even, heck, if you don't need income. If you need more proof that Index Universal Life falls apart, Take a look at this next example. Again, I'll put this in the show notes. Here's an example of someone who is taking money out of an indexed universal life policy in retirement. Like I say, IUL is particularly dangerous when it comes to taking retirement income. In the show notes, I show an actual illustration of an actual person who's 54 years old, currently paying 28,000 bucks a year into an IUL policy having only 60000 bucks in their account after the fifth year. Now, sadly, this indexed universal life contract comes with hefty surrender charges too. That surrender cash value, the money that he would get if he walked away, is only 10000 bucks. Wow, that's $50,000 surrender charges. Youch, that's like losing 85% of your money if you walk away today. Not even the stock market will hit you like that at least not most days, but it gets even worse. 
If the individual doubles down and decides to fund this IUL for the next 11 years to his age 65, continuing to cash in with 28,000 bucks going into the policy's premium every year, he would have grown his cash to 222,000 bucks in the guaranteed worst case scenario column. Now, he's put in 420,000 bucks and only has a guarantee of 220,000 bucks available in retirement. Where did that other 200,000 bucks go? Oh yeah, the insurance company, the agent, they got that cash. Wow. So at age 65, we have an illustration showing a withdrawal of 50,000 bucks per year to supplement this person's retirement just to see how long it would last. And sure enough, because of those ballooning insurance expenses I mentioned earlier, and because loans penalize you with Index Universal Life, this person would run out of income in just three years. That's right. He had 222 grand starting at age 65, but all the way through three years, taking 50 grand a year, he's out of cash because of that increasing cost of insurance. Even on the non-guaranteed, more hopeful alternative, his retirement income stops after just six years. This is not my idea of a stress-free financial future. So, with our time left, let's review just one more knockoff concept that really troubles me. It's called maximum premium indexing. Now, this one is especially hot right now on YouTube. There's over 550,000 views on several of his YouTube videos. There are several multiple misstatements in the video. Now, I don't recommend Index Universal Life. That's what he's selling. As a disclaimer and a reminder, I am licensed and contracted to sell both IUL and whole life insurance. But in my professional opinion as a CFP certified financial planner, it is a liability to my business and to my clients to sell Index Universal Life, especially as this person is selling it. So he refers to this as MPI, Maximum Premium Indexing. What is this mysterious strategy? It's nothing more than a sales nickname he's coined for selling a client an indexed universal life policy and also selling a dividend-paying whole life policy and then recommending that the client borrows from a whole life policy to pay for the indexed universal life policy. Wow, sounds great. If you already know quite a bit about bank-on-yourself type policies, you know that the cash keeps growing, and why not put it into an indexed universal life policy? If we love life insurance, we love the loan feature, then let's borrow from one policy to pay for the other. Then wash, rinse, repeat. Unfortunately, this pitch is not new. They used to call this idea of loaning from one policy to pay for another one. They used to call it piggybacking, but that was done with old-style whole life insurance before Index Universal Life was even invented. Now, if you combine the two, that's going to be two sets of commissions for the agent borrowing from one policy to pay for the other, and this is definitely not something I'd recommend. The insurance company is not going to let him keep his contracts with them, and he might even lose his license. Again, I have licenses and contracts that allow me to do whole life and IUL. I'm not going to do this strategy if I wanted to be in business for very long. Not only are these insurance expenses on both policies that are going to drag down your yield, but when you follow this MPI strategy, you're going to have loans that have to be repaid. And every time you make a loan to pay the other policy premium, you're accelerating his wealth through all the commissions he'll make. 
and just piling up a big policy loan for yourself. Now, anytime an insurance agent tells you to borrow from one policy to pay premiums on another policy, that should put your red flags up. When someone says he has done this and he can get you 15% without risk, as he says, in today's environment, you know you have somebody who's at the party who's spiked the punch bowl. (laughs) Now, this sounds like a great deal of fun, but maybe we can expand on this and use our excess gains in the Index Universal Life policy to buy, no, let's, let's not even buy, let's just lease a Bentley. Pretty sure that would work right every time. What could go wrong with that strategy? To me, this is an ethical crisis. Can you imagine doing these aggressive techniques on YouTube, trying to sleep well at night? I'm heavily disturbed, if you couldn't tell, with some of these strategies out there. And again, I have no ill will. I wish only the very best for everyone in the industry trying to help build financial futures for people that can be protected and built on the foundation of strategies that build financial sanity. But I have a few takeaways. The first takeaway, run, don't walk from advisors that tell you to borrow from one policy to fund the other policy. End of story. Second takeaway, research the 1035 exchange. Now, there's a little-known strategy we oftentimes help our clients with called the 1035 exchange. What is that? Well, if you've got a poorly designed policy and you've done your due diligence and you're ready to break free from an old, poorly designed life insurance policy, you can take your business elsewhere and have a properly designed, true bank-on-yourself type policy set up instead. Several times a month, we help people with 1035 exchanges. It's a little-known, tax-free exchange from one life insurance cash value to another. It allows you to essentially roll over your cash value tax-free from the old insurance to buy a true bank-on-yourself type whole life policy. It does not matter if your policy that you're leaving was a variable life insurance tied to the market or a universal life policy or even a poorly designed whole life policy that was built without all the features of a bank-on-yourself type policy. You can move from one whole life policy to another and build cash value efficiently, having that non-direct recognition loan feature, all the things that we talk about. Now, if you're in real estate, you might already be familiar with something called the 1031 exchange. It is a like-kind exchange from one insurance cash value to another without loss of your equity. Now, if you have a knockoff advisor's life insurance policy and you're not sure what you've got, you can call your advisor Or if you don't want suspicion, you can just Google your insurance company's customer service phone number and request, quote, an in-force illustration. That's what you do. Just call up the insurance company's customer service and ask for an in-force illustration. And then you can send that PDF to hello at nyafinancialpodcast.com. And we would be happy to review it for you for free, no charge. So that is it for our episode today. We do want to make sure you guys have all the information needed. Again, my hope and my prayer is that you work with an advisor that you're comfortable with and is doing the best for you. And in the meantime, I hope you have a great rest of your week. And thank you for joining me for another episode of this week's Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only 
and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.